hello to recording in progress. Hello to Book Talk. It's time for Book Talk and this computer's final hurrah. We're going to retire it, move to another computer. We're going to be going to Florida over the weekend where we have our home. And we'll be back in a few months here in Indy, but on a new computer as other changes come to the legend. So without further ado, let's turn it over to Jennifer and then she can hand it off to Nolan. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm glad to see some people here. I hope, I hope, I hope I didn't forget to send out my notice yesterday, but I I couldn't swear that I did. But hopefully everybody will be here either way. How are you, Nolan? Well, I'm here and I haven't, I've written my obituary, but I haven't released it yet. So that's a good sign, don't you think? That's a very good sign. <laughs> it's better to be on this side of the grass. You got, you got to be here, Nolan. If you weren't here, we'd have to talk, and that wouldn't be a good thing. So oh, you do, you do great. Here. You if impress you, me. You if do you well. weren't here, I might have to draft Harry, and I don't know. If that's he right. He would, he would roll. He's he already would. got a good job that he does quite well. <laughs> No, but he could handle it. He wouldn't even get breathless or scared. He'd be perfect. Uh, it's very impressive stuff. So if anyone talks to Pam Stevens, because I doubt she ever listens to me, who who would do that voluntarily? Um, I would. Let her know that uh, that's one of the most creative promos I've heard in a long time. <laughs> I can't help but laugh every time uh, I hear me too. that. I just... <laughs> She's doing that for a living now, so. I did not know that. I'm not Lisa. I love it. <laughs> she is, yes. She's doing yes. that for it's a living. just phenomenally creative and they're always so well mixed and uh <laughs> and you'll see your creative work here on the legend so yeah we take care of our own right now we're good people we do don't we we so. try to anyway <clears throat> all right um we had agreed a month ago that we would talk about andy weir's pro- uh, project hail mary and we will do that tonight and hopefully we get some listener response otherwise it's going to be a really truncated discussion i have a few things i can say but i'm not going to be super verbose well, that's not normal but it, yeah it's true nonetheless <laughs> i take it you didn't like this book no it's good i did i actually did like it i thought uh, there's a lot of hard science in here and i assume it's accurate hard science i can't imagine it wouldn't be the guy is himself well credentialed so he's capable um well, some of it went over my head and um even with his explanations i found myself stopping the player shaking my head and saying what did he just say <laughs> what sort of like in the martian though kind of I mean, yeah. very much like that in fact i think mark watney and the character in this book have some similarities is it well maybe i don't know do you want to get into this discussion now since we've kind of sort of started it or doesn't do matter no it doesn't matter i'm happy to do whatever you like well we might as well start because i was just thinking he's the only author that I know of, and correct me if I'm wrong, that has actually taken one character pretty much and built a plot around that one character. So true, yeah. And he did it so well in The Martian that I, when he, when I realized that's what he was going to do in this one, I figured it would be pretty well done. I still think personally The Martian was his best, but not by much. This was way up there. This was rock solid. Good science fiction. And uh, I, I thought it was so creative what he did with the aliens and how they communicated with them. Oh, and I, if you read the audio, if you read the audio version of this, you were in for a tremendous treat. That was really well uh, produced. And I think had I read it in, in Braille using Bookshare or some other resource that I would have not liked it nearly as well. That audio version was absolutely a a must read and it was cool how once they started to get things down more and he was putting everything in the computer that they actually gave the as he called him rocky a voice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm just getting to my copy of this here there it is i've got about 70 files open here as i usually do for this program um so here's the setup on this book for those of you who didn't quite read it, but at least are here and are some at least passively interested in what what happens. Ryland Grace wakes up with no memory. <clears throat> he is uh, initially he doesn't even remember his name that that comes later. He's in a spaceship. He can tell that, but that's pretty much all he knows. There are two other people in bunks next to his, but they're dead. Those folks just didn't survive. 
as he refamiliarizes himself with his surroundings, um, dribs and drabs of his memory return. And as he gradually remembers why he's in the space at all, he also notices the existence of a spacecraft near his. And it, too, has one living being in it. And Grace and the alien, as he, as he clearly is, whom he names Rocky, uh, ultimately learn to communicate with one another. And they are the sole survivors of their respective craft. And, uh, and they have the same problem. They, they've got a real issue in that a high-energy microbial life force <clears throat> is destroying their son, their respective sons. And their governments have sent them out to another solar system to determine whether anything can stop those microbial creatures from essentially ending life on, on their respective planet. This solar system in which they are in seems to be immune from those creatures, and the sun in that particular solar system seems to be as bright as ever. That's essentially the setup to the book. Um, I don't think I've given too much of it away. Um, if I have, I owe you all an apology, but I think that's a fairly happy medium. Uh, doesn't even touch the real meat and potatoes of the book, but at least it's a setup. Do we want to open it to listeners to see what they thought? <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> if there's anyone that has that read We have it, any hands? Or we don't have any hands up, I suppose. We don't have any hands Nope, we yet. do not have any hands yet. Hmm. Well, maybe we should have picked a different book, but it sounded so good. <laughs> it was good. It was. I have no regrets about this book. This was a good experience for me. and uh, He just, just fascinates me. Yeah. Now we have um, Betty. Betty, Betty, with we her have hand up. So Betty, go ahead. <coughs> when she unmutes. If I center the unmute, so we'll. <clears throat> I just gave her a magic boost, so hopefully. <laughs> Those yeah. hurt, man. If you if you're not looking forward, or if you don't know them, they're coming. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we got her this time. She is still muted, so I guess go ahead and then when right. when she gets we'll unmuted, her, we'll, we'll get her. her. Do her all day, or push her button on her phone, yep. or whatever it is. I'm not sure. Um, <clears throat> I enjoyed this character. I thought, first of all, he was just a sort of a hard case guy. When I first read that he was a teacher of sixth graders my first thought was why are you sending a guy like that into space to save mankind he's there we obviously love teachers and they have a place in the world but quite frankly uh, the vast majority of them uh, would not be well equipped to do wh what he did and so i had a little moment of trepidation there thinking ah this is this is not going to work but um somehow andy weir made it work that he became completely believable and well, go ahead and i figured he would be because you know he had part of the reason they picked him was because he wrote that paper about whether you need water or not to have life right valid point and even though they disagreed with him and some people and some people claimed to have proved him wrong he still he, he still became quite famous or infamous for that what are your thoughts on the female extremely authoritarian character who was in charge of the entire project. <clears throat> I, thought, I thought she was a little too over the top. She scared me, as yeah. does any extremely authoritarian person. Uh, extremely authoritarian person. Uh, I don't think she was always rational, do you? <clears throat> beg your forgiveness. I, um, I just, she scared me because she had too much power and it would have been far too easy to become corrupt by that power and do things with it that would have been really detrimental. Um, and she even admitted, hey, I, I get it. I've got too much power. And one of these days when this is over, they're going to put me in prison and that'll be the end of me. But uh, well, And she thought she had so much authority because I remember in the court scene, she was like, well, I don't have to be here. I'm going. I'm going to do my job. You yes, can do whatever yes. you want. Yeah. I don't have to be in this stupid thing. I'm just lowering myself to be part of this. It's ridiculous. Let's um, see if we've got Betty ready right. to go. Yeah, Betty, you, you can unmute whenever you get there, and then we'll get you. You can do it all. Well, I, I don't know how, how she's. Oops, 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 oops. Sorry. There she is. And unfortunately, we can't unmute callers. So, I mean, we, we send you a request to unmute, which we did, and then you guys have to do it. We can't. 
You can, what is it? I have, no, I have no idea why Zoom put that in that we can't unmute. Them. Right, but I think I don't an understand all that. day it didn't we'll used to do be that way, remember? It didn't, no. There was a time when. If we could. But an all you, day we'll do it, autonomy. or a space bar will do it temporarily. Yep. So. Uh, uh, computer, hold down your space bar while you talk, and that'll that can work. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. That'll Like the good old days when you had walkie talkies. Yeah, uh, yeah. Boy. <laughs> uh, those days. Well, they were. Who who can complain about childhood with, with a set of walkie talkies? Man, uh, well, but I grossly maybe digress. Maybe get it um, fixed up here, and maybe we can. <clears throat> it says she's unmuted on my screen, but who knows? No, still on my screen says muted. What do we think about the the ingenious way in which he presented Rocky's language? Thought that would, was pretty cool. Huh. Yeah, it would not have occurred to me to have a, a alien who spoke in terms of harmonics and multitonal scales and music stuff. And uh, I was impressed by how uh, this, uh, by how Grace um, was able to open something very similar to a SoundForge or a, a, a Reaper or a one of these sound programs and reproduce Rocky's speech and have it come up as a sort of a waveform or a visual, a visual, um, uh, a visual uh, representation of what the of what Rocky was trying to say, and then he would later connect that visual image to the verbal meaning of, of the words that Rocky was trying to communicate. Yeah, and it was cool because he learned some of the patterns. He said he got to the point that he didn't have to have his his spreadsheet list of the words because exactly. some of the common words were like a, enough like a tune of music that he learned to recognize what mm -hmm. he was saying, mm -hmm. which was fascinating to it me. It was fascinating. It's like when you hear it in your head, uh, boy, that some of that would be the ultimate earworm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Beg your forgiveness. This is not yeah. well. Um, just so he, he, uh, he mastered that language, and I've forgotten how Rocky mastered his his English. Did he? Did Grace figure out a way to translate his English into music? I think that may have been what happened, right? I think that's what that computer did mm -hmm. when he when he typed on the computer those sound waves. It must have sent yeah sent it back to, to him somehow. Mm -hmm. Well, it was an ingenious way to do it. And uh, what are your thoughts on the friendship between those two? Well, I I think oh, they were both pretty brave. I think, and, mm -hmm. and I think they they were lonely. And once they realized they were after the same goal, I think they they sort of had to trust each other. Cause yeah, at I least, love. Go ahead. Because at least they knew there was another person <laughs> out here. I loved the way the friendship evolved and became. Frankly, I don't mean to, I don't want to offend any any uh, people of faith on here, but it became almost David and Jonathan like in its uh, uh, in its in its uh, in the way in which it was was really solid, um, just as David and Jonathan of the of the Old Testament era uh, developed a tremendous love for one another and helped each other out in a time of extreme danger um, and forged an extremely solid friendship that actually impacted Jonathan's family for at least one or two generations thereafter. You saw this in, in Rocky and uh, and Ryland Grace, where they really eventually came to have one another's back, and uh, it was a touching thing to watch, to see how that evolved. Um, here you have two creatures, one who lives in an atmosphere of uh, several hundred degrees hot, and, uh, and who is under a lot of his atmosphere is extremely high pressurized such that a human being if if a human experienced it would instantly implode and die hmm. and then you have of course Ryland Grace who's living on this this ship which we would be familiar with to some degree what what made me smile was the way the two of them modified their various vessels so that they could successfully exist together and traverse between the two now, admittedly, Rocky the alien did much more traversing than did uh, than, than did Ryland Grace, but it was fun to watch them. Um, it was fun to watch them form that kind of. So they not only had Zoom, so to speak, figuratively speaking, to meet on. They they developed the ability to do almost face to face communications, and uh, you learned a great deal about Rocky's culture and 
the end is not something we're going to go into here for those who still haven't read this and may want to, but the end is magnificent in terms of uh, what happens to Ryland Grace. And uh, it's really, I thought it was in, ingeniously done. Um, I thought it had a lot to offer. <clears throat> I, he's just a good writer. I, I, because I, I really like The Martian, too. I did as well. I I thought it was a great a great book. I read Artemis and it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it, but I think this one and The Martian were my two favorites. And uh <clears throat> pardon me. <clears throat> you know, in 6 days I get to go to my doctor and hopefully find out what's wrong with all this. But anyway, I apologize. Hopefully they will. Um, yeah, and just... so it's been yeah, this was a good a good release of a, of a I, mean, I don't know i wonder if he's working on something else i've not heard or seen anything on a website he's not one of these guys like james patterson who cheapens his brand by releasing a book every 60 days um i, I kind of have problems with authors who do that i think if you're cranking it out like assembly line stuff to what degree is your quality suffering and i don't know that because i'm not a big james patterson fan anyway there are people on this list, on this uh, podcast, who are perhaps, and maybe they can reassure me that no, it doesn't matter if he cranks out four books a week; they're all still just stupendous books. And I hope that's true. But I think if you really want to do a quality job and do it well, that you tell your publisher, "No, I will not do a book every twelve months." I think Riley Sager, who writes thrillers, started out doing some really quality stuff, and quite frankly, when the publisher said we got to have at least one a year, maybe more. I wonder if maybe some of his quality didn't slough off just a teeny bit. Let me get rid of that call. So, and of course, James Patterson, he has all his things go into all sorts of different. You're right. Areas too. You're right. You're right. Uh, And and he always has different authors that write with him. Correct. You're right. And so I don't mean to be uh, offensive or pick on him per se, uh, but, but uh, I just worry about if you're on a timetable and, and you got to get it done. Within, within a certain number of days, phone just won't shut up. I'm sorry. There's no anticipation. Um, then yeah. I worry about whether your quality suffers. I think mine would if I were in that business. There's I no mean, anticipation you know, of the we book. If you ask uh, Sherry Gomes if you yeah. had to write a Haven-like book every every 11 months or yeah. whatever, um, I don't know. I don't know what her response to that would be. I, I can't imagine it would be easy. Let's put it that way. So I think it's cool that Weir takes his time. And we we had a bit of a space between uh, Artemis, I think it was, and uh, and this current most or this most recent book, um, and it gives me a greater degree of confidence in him, uh, knowing that he's going to create quality stuff and not be hurried. So, and Nolan, it looks like there's no anticipation of a of a you know like any discussion, look any further discussion to a John on this book. book, yeah. I'm grateful we chose it, even if nobody else is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jenny, it seems like maybe you and I were the only ones who really enjoyed it, which is fine. Oh, we got Jimmy's. Okay, let's uh, let's try Jimmy to see if he can unmute. Okay. So, Jimmy, go ahead and unmute. Jimmy. There he is. I got yes. you. Go ahead. Carry on. It was a good book. I enjoyed it. I read it. My other book was better. Then I read it. Then I read it again again. I didn't know I read it. So it was a good book. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And you're right. It was a good book. It was, I don't know. I just. Uh, hey, now I can I had talk some worries again. about it. But you know what? It, it yeah. turned out great. So. I'm glad I can talk again, like I got, think. Am I still muted? Let's see. We now, ha- oh wow! We now have. You got a forest Gil. out there. <laughs> we do, Gil. Go ahead. You can unmute. Okay. There you go. Yep, we got you. Okay. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, I think I was the one who brought up this book uh, uh, in first place. And I really, really thought it was a good book, and I'm with you, uh, Nolan. The uh, Martian and this one are his best two. I, mm-hmm. I also read Artemis, but mm-hmm. uh, and it was good. It, it was, was good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but the Martian, this one is the best one. And, yeah. Um, I I really uh, fascinated by all the sciences he incorporates uh, in his book, and uh, fascinated to make so realistic. It is fascinating, even when I don't understand it very well. It's just intriguing. Right, yeah, yeah. I don't understand it all either, but uh, yeah. But, it, but it's fascinating to read. So 
and uh, to to Andy Weir's credit, he does try to explain it so that a lay person could grasp it. Yeah. So. Which brings up the question: Do you think I mean that it's possible that some place in our our distant galaxies there are other people, things that are alive that we don't know about? Yeah, I'm I'm firmly convinced. I so this is I don't want to create controversy, <laughs> but I belong to a, a faith that that actually teaches that <clears throat> God has built multiple un, uh, innumerable worlds and populated them that ours isn't the only one out there so i have no problem believing in that possibility i kind of grew up with that that idea and uh and so yeah it seems possible to me entirely conceivable that these creatures exist and do they look like us obviously they don't or i don't even know i mean i don't i struggle with that just a little bit but uh I I wonder if maybe our federal government has more evidence of these uh, people or these creatures, whatever they are, um, than we than we think than we realize it does. Uh, there's one whistleblower that appeared before Congress the other day and claimed that they actually do have bodies. So who knows whether he's telling the truth? But so that's just my message, take. Just a message, Nolan here to Bill. Bill, I did send you the unmute request, so go ahead. You can go ahead. <laughs> I'll see if it I wonder works. if Bill got muted when we were trying to help Betty unmute. Yeah, I've been muted for a long time. Me. That's you a should good mute thing. me. It'd be a better program. Yeah. Oh no, we couldn't <clears> do that. So. <laughs> Am I still unmuted or muted? That wouldn't work so well. Can't get rid of this cough. Um, so yeah, I I'm fine with the idea that there are other things, people, creatures. Well, I don't know what they are. I don't have a clue. There's nothing. I just believe that it's possible, and uh, I apologize. I suppose I don't that's a beautiful thing about space exploration, too, is maybe one of these days uh, we'll be able to find all that out. That's right. That's right. I, that's, I that's why I love, um, like, the space program and, and things like that. I really, I think, it, I know a lot of people, well, why are we wasting our money? I think it's a good oh, thing. Oh, it's not that, a waste. That we're finding out things. Look at how many magnificent pro, uh, uh, advent, uh, scientific advantages have come about as a result of the space program. No kidding. Speech synthesis, miniaturized uh, synthesizers, um, uh, miniaturized everything, really. Um, Velcro. <laughs> Velcro was certainly an example. Um, I don't know which came first, Tang or the space program, but as a kid, I drank my share of Tang. I'll tell you what. If those Gemini guys could drink it, then they were my heroes, and boy, I had to drink it too. My poor parents had drove them crazy. Um, I'm not as big a fan of space ice cream, just in case anybody cares. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's. I think the program is a wash in benefits and um yeah we've spent a great deal on it and and the old concept of opportunity costs is very real so for every dollar you spend in space you also have created a circumstance of loss where you can't spend that dollar on something else and so it's gone i just hope if we ever see the any other creatures that were at least Halfway as nice as Grace was. Yes, yes, that would be a great goal, to try to build bridges instead of create hostilities, because uh, our luck on Earth being what it is, those creatures might have far superior uh, capabilities than we do. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but it's fun to contemplate. It's fun to think about the value of, of space programs. Um, I look at what Tesla and, uh, and Bezos are both doing in that arena, and it thrills me, I, I think they'll be able to transmit some of that research and some of that work down into commercial successes. And I don't, uh, I don't have a problem with that. I think that's a great idea. So, and competition is always great. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. You I know, couldn't when, agree more. When you can compete, it makes everybody better. So I mean, yep. if, when SpaceX yep. or, or, yep. or Bezos, whichever, you know right. what you compete, it makes them both better. I agree completely. And frankly, it makes NASA even better because it, it certainly forces does it to be accountable. Yeah. Yeah, I think and then look now. I mean, look at the in space now. You've got us and China and yes, Russia yes, and all the yes. military is being run through space now. So yes, yeah, you have to now. You can't do any. You can't get rid of the space program now because you have to. You have to do it. Correct. Yeah, with the the American Space Force and uh, you know the Chinese have a military presence in space of some kind. Yeah, so. they do. Yeah, so. and, and if they do, I'll bet the Russians do. Oh, without fail. Without True. fail. Hey, speaking yeah. of updates, maybe my I'm unmuted now. I'm not sure. You are. Yes, yeah. you are. Okay. Well, here's a little secret to learn. If you ever get in a situation where your computer is muted and it keeps muting you, instead of hitting your space bar, hit the enter key. It seems to 
work better since this update of Zoom. Isn't I don't know weird? what the problem is. That is right. Is, we did have a Zoom update today. Yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so oh. maybe that's the reason. But I oh. had to hit the enter key, and mm-hmm. that's the only thing that unmuted me. Because otherwise, I would stop. Maybe the show's much better off. But <laughs> Well, there, <laughs> no, there no. you go. There you go, Betty. If you decide you want to raise your hand again, try hitting when you come on and you unmute. Try to hit the enter. We'll send you the request. And try hitting the enter key. Maybe that will. Maybe it did it help. for me finally. There she and is, me, Betty Gray. Okay. There you go, Betty. I just sent you the thing. Try hitting your enter key now. See if that'll help you. On the, because it did work for me. Well, if you're on an iPhone, who knows? They've moved yeah, I don't it around know. so much. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Gil, if you're, if you're still here, that was a great book suggestion. Make no mistake about it. You've come through in grand style on a couple of occasions here. It was Gil's idea to do a book in November for DB Review called The Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court. And I think that's the perfect book for, for that time of year. And it'll be a fun. We do everything. Uh, we annually do something called the Fall Classic, which is not a golf <sighs> tournament, even though it sounds like it should be. <laughs> and uh, Or a football game. <laughs> or a football game. That's right. Some Some round robin tournament. I can see that. Um, but it's it's a chance to read a classic piece of literature and then come together one night and and discuss it. So, <laughs> and you do it every year, don't you? We pretty well do every year. We've skipped a year or two here and there now and then, but yeah, it's pretty close to annual. Just to divert for just one <laughs> half second, did your email list or was it affected by the pandemic? Was your traffic significantly increased? There you go, Betty. No, no, I didn't see it get worse or better or anything. It was just sort of there. Um, I've had more trouble with it in recent weeks than I have any time beforehand. Kathy, uh, you can go ahead and unmute while we're... Every, <coughs> everybody is still trying to protect your list, and we have that Google Groups, and they keep bouncing things or... Doing this, doing that. Yeah, I get it. I, I see that in the, the groups.io thing that my list is on. And uh, you, you have a few lists on there, too. Yeah. And stuff is bouncing. and uh, Yeah, like, why are you concerned about what little old me is saying in Naples, You know, that Florida frustrates here. me. I think I've shared in here before a couple of times that I listed a book on my book review list called Honky in the House. Hmm. And it's the story of the guy who wrote the Jeffersons. And Gmail looked at that, ran it through its silly algorithm and said, oh, that's racist speech. You can't use that. You, we're not going to let you send that, that message. Well, that was the title of his book, for goodness sake. And as I've told you before, I had to sign into my list from work, send it from there, and then unsubscribe. It was the only way I could get it to go through. And it just, I really get a little bit personally inflamed when these companies dictate to me. It's like... Yeah. Unfortunately, I got taken off of Twitter. I had no knowledge of what. Dude, how can you get suspended from from Twitter? Twitter. And I had to fight an appeal. I never did get back on Twitter. I said, what did I do wrong? I don't even have it posted for five or six years. Right. That's me, too. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. These algorithms are killing us all. Aren't uh, they? It's ridiculous. But Kathy Long is not killing us all. Let's see what Kathy has to to say. No. She is still still muted. I wonder if this is a Zoom update problem today that we're having because Betty and Kathy, they've never had these issues before. So I, I wonder if we're dealing with I don't know, but let's try let's try Gregory and see if he can come in. Break the jinx. We're 0 for two. Will we go Will we go 0 for three? Hey, oh, there he is. I don't, I'm on Zoom, and uh, I don't know if it's been updated, but uh, I'm here. And uh, yeah, you, how did good. you, Gregory? How did you unmute? I just uh, did the all day. Uh, okay. My usual method. I didn't touch the enter key, but I. Okay, I, so I, Betty or Kathy, if you guys want to try, hit just hit Alt A. See if that helps you. Yeah, you got here. Good job. Good job. Go ahead, Gregory. Well, and you know, I, I couldn't. Uh, 
couldn't let Nolan and all you guys suffer without my two cents worth. So no, there you are. You I'm always going to... elevate the list. <laughs> well, I'm going to try to. I've got a book today by, uh, I don't know if anybody's ever read anything by Joan Hess. Uh, oh, yes. J-O-A-N-H-E-S-S. And I, this, I, I'm about the third book into this book. Uh, uh, Maggoty, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. series, mm-hmm. and I'm going to talk about the Malice and Maggoty, which is the first book in that uh, Ozark's uh, murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arlie, Ar- Arlie Hanks, Arlie is Arlene, sh- short for Arlene Hanks, and uh, Arlie is a uh, the uh, uh, has it was born in in uh, this Maggoty, which is a very small town, and I'm a sucker for small towns because I was mm-hmm. I was raised in a small town in northern Ohio, and uh, mm-hmm. we used to always say that our town was so small that the main drag was the transvestite. But that's I hope I snuck that in so fast that <laughs> I can't get thrown off of here. But uh, uh, it, uh, it I love small town books and this this is maggoty is has like 854 people in it mm-hmm. so arlie was born her mom runs the local bar and uh there are so many wonderful characters in this book uh that some of them you will find appealing and some of them you will find probably appalling but anyway uh there are a lot of interesting very colorful interesting characters here and uh so arlie's the pre- police chief and she's she left of course as as we all try to do you know you can't wait to i i uh, went to the school for the blind here at Columbus, and I and I then went home to high school. And as I hit sophomore year, everybody in my class just couldn't wait to get out of this one horse town and go spread <laughs> their wings elsewhere. You know, that's yeah. what we all do. And uh, but my career was upside down. I'd been away from home for ten years, and I couldn't wait to go home. Good to get home. Yeah. Good, good home for three years. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so, but it was uh, so. The uh, premise of this book is that that uh, uh, Harley has left. Uh, Maggoty went to New York City, had to hit the big time. You don't hit big time much harder than that. And uh, she slunk back to the, her hometown as a result of a failed marriage. And uh, and now is the police chief. So uh, she's a crime solver now in, in this small town. And it's a great, great book. Uh, as I said, I'm into the third book of the in the series. I'll swoop over here to... Uh, oh, here we go. Here's my results viewer. Uh, the DB number is three five one eight six for this book, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's, ju- it's just a. a, a I'll tell you. So she's a small town police chief, and it's those supporting characters that surround her that make it phenomenally oh, humorous. Do you, do you absolute, not agree? Absolutely, and she yeah. uh, they they've had a government agent in his. Uh, uh, the, the synopsis here just reminded me that this government agent has disappeared because he is trying to promote uh, a sewage treatment plant upstream of Maggoty. And of course, everybody here is typical small town, just hit the, they hit the panic button. Oh my God, we're going to have a sewage treatment plant. Well, they don't realize it's going to it's not going to dump whatever they think it's going to dump into their creek. It's it's going to dump so much clean water into that creek and reprocess water and all that. So it's not going to be a problem. But they hit the panic button and now they, he's disappeared. So now oh, she's he's, she's tasked with finding this character. And, and uh, oh my gosh, these these characters remind me a lot of of uh, Mitford, North Carolina. Ah, okay. You no, know, that's one of my favorite genres of all time. Yeah, that's one of the great series of the world, isn't it? Oh, I'm telling you. I mean. They have good people. They have bad people. They don't have anything. They don't. They don't hit you over the head with anybody's uh, mis- misdeeds and all that kind of thing. But they're they're there. And yeah. uh, same with now. This book is a little more is a little more in your face. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. if if offensive language uh, makes you nervous or. Uh, put you off that don't bother reading this because it's got there's some it's, of that there yeah. it's there's it's in there and mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it just it just has some the, the, the idiosyncrasies of these characters makes you laugh made me laugh out loud all the time I mean mm-hmm. I just it was just entertaining it's not it's probably seven hours long maybe so it's not like Gone with the Wind or anything but right yeah but uh, it was it was very very 
enjoyable. So that's I, great. I, I, Glad you enjoyed I'm, that. Oh, I did, and I'm on my third third book of it, and uh, it is still entertaining. I don't read I don't read them back to back to back back because that that puts that makes me tired of a series. Yep, you burn out too quickly. Don't you burn you? out? Yes, yep. you do. I get and, it. Uh, so uh, that's yeah. that's my uh, two cents worth, and I hope uh, everybody gets their Zoom issue straight out. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we got one of them. Let's, uh, Kathy, can you hear us now? Yeah. Go Good. Ahead. Okay. We can hear you, when too. I, Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I tried to unmute before you told me to, and then when the permission came through, it wouldn't let me. So okay. I was yeah. in the middle of make, doing putting a chat out there like, help, help. Hell, but yeah. then you gave me another invite and i hurried up and did it and it worked I'm i'll bet it's i'll bet it's a, i'll bet it's a zoom issue that, that that's out there today but you're with know. us now. you're with us now go ahead read it yeah well i've been reading reading some silly books this week molly murphy have you ever do you remember oh her? that's a great series <laughs> love oh, her <laughs> i agree she that's a magnificent series and i just read oh i don't remember which one but now i've gone and downloaded all of them so oh, you, I'm not going to re- read them all at once, but yeah, but it's it's you'll love every book. I know so that, I will. It just made me laugh and funny ways that she solved crimes and of course gave her husband the credit and she just kind of slunk around and did what she had to do and got away with it. She was stuck in a convent in the book that I read. Oh yeah, I read that. That was good. They were uh, they were sheltering pregnant women. And yes. she was pregnant herself, so she pretended to be an unwed mother. Yeah, that was a she good She took book. her wedding ring off, and then she lost it. Lost oh, it, my. yes. It just got worse. A lot of suspense in that book, though, too. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Really thought maybe she her life really was in danger at one point. Oh, this is a great, a great series was. because Molly Murphy comes to the United States from Ireland, and she's this typical, I don't know how you say typical, but she's a red-headed Irish girl who has to carve out her own way here, and... Um, and the, the, the historical research that the author puts into this series is phenomenal. You get a really good glimpse of turn-of-the-century New York City. Right. Yeah, it's really well done. Well, I also read that Evil Among Us, which is interesting. Wasn't that a good book? You no, didn't I like it. it. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry that the missionaries didn't listen to the church people when they said, don't go see that, dude. But yep, yep. It's it very sad. It Young people yeah. just think they're invincible sometimes. Well, Yes, we do. No, I'm not young anymore. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know. know better. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> I, right. I was also thinking, I, I have not read the Hail Mary book, but I'm going to. But I was thinking, you know, there are other worlds, as you know. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, you know, it says in Psalms, God even knows how many hairs we have on our head. He right. knows us so intimately. He knows us all. Right. He knows us all on earth, and he knows all those other people all, all the other in stuff. those yeah. other worlds. Yeah, it's hard to get your head around. It's amazing. It's just amazing well, to me that I love so much. Thank you for your, your comments. And, and uh, you're right. Those Molly Murphy's books by Reese Bowen, R-H-Y-S-S, I believe it is. Yeah. B-O-W-E-N. And they're all, it's a great series. The whole thing is really well done. The Christmas one is fun. And they're just, the whole series is good. Well, I read one, but I'll get to them. Yeah. I also like Beth Wiseman. She writes for Amish mostly. Okay. But uh, some of some of her novels, Amish become what they call Englishers, and then right. Englishers come to visit and become Amish. So yeah. that's kind of cool to know yeah, that's that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't see it really happening, but anything can happen in a book. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I think all right. Thank you. Ro- I think we're on our okay, roll because we have Don, and he's all ready to go. Randy is after Don. She's ready to go, and then Gil is going to be after her. And we know that he's been able to unmute. So, Don, go ahead. Okay. Well, you got me wanting to read the Molly Murphy series, which I've been threatening to do forever, and I just haven't. But I re- this week reread, and I don't usually reread, but I've been looking through uh, reading a lot of the classic and. Sometimes I really wanted to reread them to look at things during another part of my life. And I reread The Red Badge of Courage. Now, no one's ready to throw me off. I, I understand. No, no, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm, <laughs> but I'm fascinated. I read it. I read it in high school and I loved it. I remember really being, I loved it because I couldn't put it down. And I knew that the my English teacher, who had a tremendous impact on my life, really, um, 
loved it. But I was, it was interesting. I was brought up in um, my my family. My dad flew the, the it was a fighter pilot in World War II, flew the B-24. And my brother was, was in the Army. Fortunately, he was stationed in Alaska rather than Vietnam. But my family had the, the values that would go along with that life. And when I read Red Badge of Courage, I almost didn't want to admit the reaction that I had to it because I was really able to relate to how afraid Henry was and how he thought he was going to leave and what was that going to be. And I, I, I kept wanting to push back and say, no, that's not me. But yet part of it, it was. And of course, this was I probably read it in 1975. So while I was young, when when Vietnam was in the news, I certainly remembered it. And I remembered the condemnation from my family of the draft dodgers and that kind of thing. And so the book really affected me, but I kept trying to push it away. It was very interesting reading it now, all these years later. And I actually... um, when I read books like this, I also do a fair amount of research. And one of the things that they pointed out um, was that we really don't learn much about Henry. He's kind of, you know, we don't, I'm usually somebody that wants to get to know the characters. And I thought, you know, that's true. We don't know a lot about him before the war and we don't know, but, but that part of the power of it, it kind of, um, it illustrates the universality of his reaction. But when I read it this time, it really occurred to me that, yes, this is about the Civil War, and it is about a reaction to war. But more than that, it's an exploration of what is fear and how does fear control us or how doesn't it control us and how are our decisions impacted by other people's views. And it, it, it took me into different places. I think it's amazing that Crane, what was he when he died? He was maybe 25. So he was like 19 or 20 when he wrote this. And I said to somebody, I I, I have a client that's in his early 20s. And um, for various reasons, we've been talking about certain things and what i said to him is you know for anybody that thinks that a 20 year old or a 21 year old doesn't have anything to say all you need to do is point to red badge of courage because we're still reading it Mm -hmm. and he was that young and he didn't live much longer and yet this book whether you love it or hate it but it survives but boy it was a very intense experience for me i'm glad you enjoyed that this is called the red badge of courage an episode of the civil war of the American right. Civil War, sorry. Uh, and for Jenny's sake, who has to put together this book list afterwards, the order number is DB22405, and the author is Stephen Crane, and he spells that with a PH, not Crane, but the Stephen part. So S T E P H E N, and Crane is conventionally spelled C R A N E. Um, again, it's a, the Red Badge of Courage, an episode of the American Civil War. So. The only thing I haven't read yet, which I will tonight, is the, the afterword, which I'm very interested in because what the author says in the beginning is that the book that we all knew, and I wish I remembered more of this because he says that this is a, they found apparently a, a more complete version mm-hmm. than the edited version. So I'm thinking that when the book I read in high school may have been markedly different from what I read this week. Yeah, I'd like to believe that's true. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Good thank job, you, Don. Your, uh, yep, thank you. Randy's next. Randy, you're all set to go. Go ahead. Hi, I am using Zoom on the iPhone, so I haven't, I don't have any other issues with it. But um, what was the title of the book that Gregory was talking about? It sounds so familiar to me, and I think I put it in my wish list, but I can't remember. This is the author's Joan Hess, and I can't remember the first book in that series okay, i'll look it up by author um, <clears throat> it's a whole but series I, about maggoty m-a-g-g-o-d-y i think it is it's an arkansas okay. town and um malice and maggoty malice it, and maggoty gosh you're brilliant okay Thank you. yeah i'll look that up Thank it sounds you. so familiar to me and um i started reading jenny you talked about the book now that you mention it by Kristen higgins and i started reading that this week that's a good book. And the reader is, she's very good. And you either like or really dislike some of these characters. Oh, just I the know. Way the, <laughs> just the way the reader reads it. And 
Um, it's I, I started it. I want to read another Kristen Higgins book that I have on Audible, but I wanted to read this one first to see if I like her well enough to use an Audible credit because I want to read her newest one, A Little Ray of Sunshine. So, she's got a bunch of them, and I, I really liked her. I was surprised. I didn't think I would like that. But like you say, that narrator is so good. She is, and I started, there's another book. It's a series, the Cobbled Court series by Marie Boswick, and the crazy thing is that Audible only has the first and third book. Ridiculous. The rest are on Audible, and there's a the first book is the commercial version, and it's read by Pam Ward, and there's another reader in there. I can't remember her name, but she reads the part of this woman who's older. The woman's only in her 60s, but I swear, this reader makes her sound and act like she's in her 90s, and she's, she's really good. It's called A Single Thread, the first book, and... She's, the reader is so good that I actually wanted to jump through the, my player and just slap her and say, okay, enough. Act like you're 60, not 100. <laughs> so, yeah, the reader can really make or break the book. Great. And Pam Ward, for those who don't know, is a play-by-play announcer on ESPN. I didn't wow. know oh, that. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah, she does uh, college football, uh, a lot of women's college basketball. So she is a play-by-play no idea. on ESPN. Uh, oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Now I'm going to have to go find something that Jesus. she does. She's been when... reading stuff for a long time. See, Jennifer, that sports stuff comes out every once in a while, doesn't it? It does. You. <laughs> you, you never know where we're going to find it. <laughs> there you go. Um, Gil, you're next. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I, uh, this week, finished a uh, book, first book in a short series uh, called The Marriage Game. It's by Sarah, and that's without a name. I don't know how to pronounce the last name. D S A I. I think it's Desai. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I really enjoyed. My wife and I listened to it together. We both really enjoyed the book. We lots of laugh out loud moments in the book. A uh, young lady um, in the culture um, uh, goes to New York and fails there. Has a failed relationship, so she moves back home and. Uh, her dad sets up, uh, uh, tries to find her a husband <laughs> and uh, online and uh, sets up all these interviews with uh, young men. To, and uh, he started, starts a, a business where she recruit, is a recruiter and uh, helps people find jobs. And uh, he used uh, office space above her parents' uh, restaurant. And uh, uh, she... Uh, her dad had also rented the, the office space out to uh, someone that this family knew, and uh, he uh, fired people. Or, <laughs> and so, of course, they go head to head try to share this office space because he doesn't want to give up space. Meantime, the father has a heart attack in the hospital, and, uh, or he can uh, tell the guy he can't use the office space. And so, anyway, it, it's just uh, quite a setup. And, through it. So, so Gil's right about this. This is one of the funniest romances you're going to read. The sex is not open door, so if you have a little problem with moderate to detailed sexual descriptions, you may want to think about that. Um, however, having said that, I will tell you that it is, it is amazingly funny. You have U.S. culture that clashes with the Indian culture that this young woman grew up with, and I've even forgotten her first name. I don't recall. Um, but she wants to do the right thing and please the aunties and the parents, but she's also very much an independent thinker, uh, an American in many respects, and those culture clashes create some wonderfully funny moments, and uh, she, the guy who, with whom she is forced to share office space uh, is, is a delightful character as well. It's, you, you, I read it during the pandemic from Audible, and uh, you really can't go wrong with, with these books unless I think I had some issues with some of the sexual descriptions and found myself doing the skip skip thing. Um, but, but on balance, it's a, it's a good book. He's right. And it's, it's worth your time. Um, really well developed and, and a lot of fun. The clashes between those two cultures is just humorous by every measure. 
Gosh, we're almost out of time, aren't we? Yeah, I'm showing 558 here. One one thing we can do, if anybody had any problems with Zoom today and you want to get something in that you weren't able to tell us on the show, um, you can always use the uh, 800-693-0595 option 2 and just say it's for book talk. And I think, Bill, that would get them on the air, would it not? Well, what it would do is we'd play it back next week, but I would right, look at right, it and would, see, yeah, that would do it to mm-hmm. see if there's any pro- potential problems we could help with or what might be the problem. You know, knowing computers, updates, and software, it's just an opportunity for things to happen. But we'll make sure you get through it. And a happy listener is a much better listener. Right. So. We'll do that, and we hope Nolan gets good news in six days at the doctor, (laughs) and we'll be on the flight Sunday. Really tired of editing this obituary. Yeah. (laughs) Nah. Uh, you got to stick around so you can pay off. Well, you guys are going down to Florida in the heat. What's the – wow. Yeah. I would want to go down to Florida when it's cold. Oh, we'll be down there when it's cold, too. (laughs) We'll be down there when it's cold, too, but – Coming back up home for Christmas or something crazy like that, right? Yeah, come home for Christmas. That makes a lot of sense. But (laughs) uh, we have some work to do in October, and Jenny's got a wedding. A wedding, right. so we've got plenty, sure. plenty to so, do, and I'm putting the finishing touches on a a new type console I've never used here on the Legend, and ooh. two new stations coming on the air. Whoa. So I don't know. Wow. So we shall That's see, Nolan. How many technical right. problems can I have? So Just have a great one. Go ahead, Jenny. I guess we're not going to have time to pick a book for this week. I had a couple suggestions, maybe, or at Let's least take one the time that I thought was real good. Quick. Go ahead. Um, and what are you, what are your thoughts? Well, the one that I thought sounded interesting was called Identity, and it's by uh, Nora Roberts, and it says. And this is just the the summary of it, is former Army brat Morgan Albright has finally planted roots in a friendly neighborhood near Baltimore. Her friend and roommate, Nina, helps her make the mortgage payments, as does Morgan's job as a bartender. But after she and Nina host their first dinner party, attended by Luke, the flirtatious it guy who'd been chatting her up at the bar her carefully built world is shattered the back door glass is broken cash and jewelry are missing her car is gone and nina lies dead on the floor soon a horrific truth emerges it was morgan who lets the monster in luke is actually a cold-hearted con artist named Gavin, who targets a particular type of woman, steals her assets and identity, and then commits his ultimate goal, murder. What the FBI tells Morgan is beyond chilling. Nina wasn't his type. Morgan is. Nina was simply in the wrong place at the wrong time. And Morgan's nightmare is just beginning. Actually, sounds good. I don't normally yeah, read that, Robert. Yeah, but I would. I would read that. And that goes on, but yeah, that's. You want that for the fifth of, of September? Do you want to do that one, or or does somebody have a better idea? Because the other one I had doesn't have a very good um, description, but uh, it was called "Vital Signs" by Barbara Wood. I don't but know. This I'm, one, identity sounds pretty good. Cause yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm willing to go out on a limb because I don't normally read Nora Roberts, but you could force, you could talk me okay. into that. So Okay, and that's that's DB114782 if you okay. want to do it on Bard. And we're going to be done. I mean, it's going to happen on the night of the 5th of September, correct? Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, everybody sound like a plan. Have a great week. Have a great week, everyone. Yep. Good night. Recording stopped. Thanks, everyone.